Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. And welcome to the Huskies Hockey Podcast, solo edition, Andrew edition. Uh, I kind of ad-libbed that intro. I, if, that, if you heard the ad-lib version, that means that I couldn't get the regular intro from Weldy, who is, I'm going to bet, drunker than me. Uh, at this point, so hopefully I was able to put the real intro in, but if not, I sort of ad-libbed it, so I didn't want to, I don't want this one to be totally different than our normal podcasts, but, but it is a bit of a different one, uh, as I mentioned, it's just me, just me babbling by myself, uh, and, and it'll be a short one, uh, this coming fresh off the heels of your St. Cloud State Huskies, woo! Winning the NCHC Frozen Faceoff. Woo! Over the CC Tigers. We will have much more analysis and, uh, and, and and a fuller recap in our regular show, which will come out probably Tuesday next week. Just going to keep it to the topic at hand uh, tonight, which is the NCAA tournament field, uh, which is now set. All of our conference championships are in the books. We've got our top 16, or at least the top, the 16 teams that will make the field in order. Minnesota, Quinnipiac, Michigan, Denver. Those are your top four seeds, your number one seeds. Number five, BU. Number six, St. Cloud State. Go Huskies, woo. Harvard and Penn State. Those round out the two seeds. Uh, starting the ninth overall seed, this is getting getting our three seeds: Ohio State, Michigan Tech, Minnesota State, Western Michigan. And from thirteen, these are our four seeds: Cornell and Merrimack. Merrimack being the last at-large team, and then the other two spots are automatic qualifiers: Colgate, surprising winner of the CAC tournament, and Canisius from Atlantic Hockey. Spoiling everybody's favorite potential meme possibilities with Holy Cross. Canisius spoiled that, and they are the 16th seed. So, I kind of grouped them together by seed because that is how the committee has handled this in the past. They, now in the last couple, in the last two years, um, they were very rigid. The committee was very rigid with its uh, commitment to bracket integrity, meaning that they wanted to stay as true as possible to 116, 215, 314, all the way down to 89. They wanted to stay as true to that as possible as long as there were not interconference matchups in the first round. Um, almost to a comedic degree, the the weirdest example was the 2021 uh, tournament, which that was obviously the COVID year, where you didn't really ha- you weren't really going by the pairwise, and they made some they they went strictly by whatever the rankings that they were given to the point where things like Quinnipiac went out west um, to Loveland, uh, and it was very e- it would have been very easy to keep Quinnipiac out, out east, and especially in a year where you're thinking of limiting travel uh, 
that was the big head scratcher of that year is that they hell or high water maintained bracket integrity um, and threw out travel considerations completely. Uh, and last year we saw much of the same, although last year's bracket or last year's field was, I would say, somewhat more friendly to the committee, didn't present as many headaches uh, that this year's field presents. Um, I will say, with North Dakota's loss to the Huskies, go Huskies, woo, on Friday, that that eliminated a, the biggest potential headache. If North Dakota were to have beaten Huskies and then beaten CC in the title game and made the tournament, that would have thrown a, a giant wrench into the plans, and it would have been very interesting to see how they would have handled that. But that saved the committee a lot of stress by the Huskies beating them. So good on the Huskies for that. Uh, and there really is, I mean, there's the the Penn State-Ohio State 8-9 matchup, which you're going to have to break up. Obviously, them two teams from the Big Ten, they will not have an uh, inter- interconference matchup in the first round. So that, that matchup will be broken up. And then if you're also going by bracket integrity with Colgate's win and ECAC and them being the 15th seed, that would line up with Quinnipiac. They also being from the ECAC, they're going to avoid that matchup as well. So there is going to be a little bit of forced uh, rejiggering in the in the 1-4 matchups. Um, and then you have Penn State, as mentioned, being the lone host school that is going to be, that's qualified for the field. So we know definitely that Penn State will be placed in Allentown. Uh, that's really the only thing right now that is set in stone. Um, but, but other than that, there are some, there are some, choices that the committee will make. And I will say, obviously, the last two years saying that the committee was was very true to bracket integrity. Well, the committee makeup has changed slightly. Um, the chair of the committee, which was the Omaha uh, AD for the last two years, uh, he is no longer on the committee. It's a new chair who's been on the committee before. It's, it's Vermont's athletic director. Um, there's some... I think half of like it's a six it's a six person committee. It's one representative from each conference. So there's a couple of coach. It's either a coach or an AD generally that sits on these. It's like Scott Sandlin is the uh, NCHC uh, representative on the committee this year. He was not on. He is. This is his first time being on the committee. Uh, I think three of the representatives were the same from last year to this year. But like I said, there was a different chair. So we don't, we can't say that what they did last year is exactly what they're going to do this year, and so what I've I've tried to do is is set the field. What I'm going to give you is what I think the committee will do, not not necessarily what I would prefer. I would say just personally, my opinion on the field or the philosophy as far as how you draw up the regional matchups has changed a little bit. I used to be more in favor of strict bracket integrity. Um, I'm more, I'm less about that now. Uh, I like to find out decent matchups in the first round, and I'm, I'm willing to tinker with the uh, with the seedings a little bit. The thing with the committee will once you get it in the bands of the seeds, one seed, two seed, three seed, and four seed, they will not, for instance, 
move a three seed to the two seed band. They will not move a four seed to the three seed band. But within the seeds themselves, the bands of seeds themselves, you can move some stuff around. And I'm more willing to do that if it offers more compelling matchups in the first round. Uh, more so than we, we need to stick to Bracken Integrity, uh, Hell or High Water. Um, so let's start with the number one seeds. We got Minnesota, number one overall seed. Uh, traditionally, the number one overall seed has been treated to its closest regional geographically. And in this case, so we have the four hosts, I should mention. We've been mentioning this podcast, but just if you haven't been following along all year, Fargo uh, is the West regional host east regionals in bridgeport northeast regionals in manchester the midwest regional is in allentown pennsylvania so minnesota goes to fargo they're the only regional west of the mississippi so it's kind of a no-brainer that they're going to go to fargo kind of a no-brainer as well that quinnipiac goes to bridgeport quinnipiac being a just a short drive in state in connecticut so you keep quinnipiac in their own state in bridgeport Pretty easy call there. It's it, it's kind of a flip flop between Denver and Michigan going to, to Manchester and Allentown. Um, we'll we'll get to that later. I'm just trying I'm trying to think of I I, I want to get what the easiest things are first, and then making the toughest decisions at the end. So obviously, Canisius at the four seed, them being the 16th seed, matches up with the number one overall seed with Minnesota. Canisius will be in Fargo playing Minnesota. The other, so we've got the four seeds. As I mentioned before, Colgate cannot play Quinnipiac because that's an ECAC matchup uh, in the first round. And obviously with Canisius off the board playing Minnesota, Cornell being the other four seed, one of the other two four seeds along with Miramac, Cornell obviously also from ECAC. So, Really, Quinnipiac has no choice but to play Merrimack in the first round, which is a bit of a tough break for them. Um, Colgate at 25th in pairwise, Merrimack at 14th. So that's an 11-spot difference in pairwise. So definitely a tougher matchup for Quinnipiac um, to play Merrimack than Colgate. But you're not going to play Colgate in the first round. Quinnipiac's not because they're, they're ECAC as well. So... Miramac has to play Quinnipiac and Bridgeport. So we put them, put Miramac in, in Bridgeport. And it comes down to, again, Cornell and Colgate. These teams will play Denver and Michigan. And there's an argument that you could see Denver playing Cornell or Colgate, and vice versa with Michigan. Um, again, I'm going to keep those two regionals sort of as my last. That was, I think, my last decision is which 1-4 matchup do you want? Do you want Denver to play Colgate and Michigan to play Cornell or vice versa? And I'll get to why I picked what I did. But getting back to the things that we can pencil in. So as, as I mentioned, Penn State will need to go to Allentown. So with this 8-9 matchup, Penn State's not going to play Ohio State in the first round. I mentioned this on the show last week. Instead of 8-9 playing you'd probably see the seventh overall seed play the ninth overall seed and eight versus 10. And that's how you would break up the all big 10 matchup with Penn state and Ohio state. 
And as we were saying last week, it looked like St. Cloud was going to be that seventh seed. Well, with them winning the NCHC, that moves them up to six. And Harvard is now in the seventh seed. So let's look at the second seed band. BU at five, SCSU at six, Harvard at seven, Penn State at eight. And then the three seeds with Ohio State, Michigan Tech, Mankato, and Western Michigan in that order. If you want to go with bracket integrity, BU and Western Michigan at 5-12. It's not an interconference matchup, so that would be legit. St. Cloud and Mankato, 6-11. They don't play in the same conference anymore, so you could play them. That could be a matchup in the first round. And then if you're still doing that 7-9 and then 8-10 to break up the Penn State-Ohio State matchup, you'd have Harvard versus Ohio State and Penn State versus Michigan Tech. And those matchups are what I want. Uh, and so I like the idea of SCSU and Mankato playing. And because that is the 6-11 matchup, you're not moving mountains to create that matchup. So of these matchups, I think that's what the matchups are going to be. It just depends on where they're going to be. Other than the Penn State-Michigan Tech matchup, which is definitely going to be in Allentown because Penn State is the host. But then where do you place the other matchups? I want BU to play in Manchester. Uh, that will likely be the worst attended regional. I don't know. I was listening to the one of the CHN podcasts of late, and they said that the early ticket sales there were not bad. So, But having a somewhat uh, close team, Manchester being in New Hampshire, Boston, Within probably an hour to an hour and a half drive, I'm not perfect on my northeast uh, U.S. geography, but BU's pretty close, uh, relatively speaking. So, I mean, they're closer to to Manchester than the Gophers are to Fargo, for sure. Uh, So, I like BU playing there, so I'm going to put the BU-Western Michigan matchup in Manchester. I'm going to put that in there before I decide on what my one seeds are going to be, either Denver or Michigan. Um, so I have that 2-3 matchup in Manchester. So between St. Cloud and Mankato and then Harvard and Ohio State, if you are sticking to bracket integrity as close as possible, you'd want the number one overall seed to have the 7-9 matchup. You can't, I mean, in a perfect world, they'd play the 8-9 matchup. But as we've mentioned many times, you can't have that with uh, Penn State and Ohio State matching up as the 8-9 seed. So you're going to have to break that up. And so you'd want, yeah, if you're, if you're slavish in adhering to bracket integrity, Harvard and Ohio State would be, pl- would be ma- matched up in the Gophers' bracket in Fargo. And then St. Cloud and Mankato would be in Bridgeport. I am going to flip-flop that, which I'm sure Gopher fans will not be happy with this. But I can't see that the committee even though this is the first year with this current makeup of the committee, I can't see them moving two Minnesota teams out east where you could have put them in Fargo. So you're going to have Minnesota and Canisius. Are you going to put two other eastern, I mean, two teams that play in the east time zone, Harvard and Ohio State, are you really going to put them in the west bracket and put two Minnesota teams in Bridgeport, which again might be closer to 
quote-unquote bracket integrity. But, I mean, you're looking at the, at the final pairwise and the RPI. The, the gap between these teams from the RPI standpoint is, is so small uh, to be so rigid as to saying St. Cloud is the sixth seed and playing, if they match up with the number one overall seed, that's such a disadvantage to the Gophers. I mean, I mentioned in the last podcast when St. Cloud was the number one overall seed in 2018, they played in Sioux Falls. That was the Air Force year. At the time, I was upset that they drew in the other game in that regional, the 6-12 matchup, because, again, it wasn't the 8-9 matchup. But who were those 6-12 teams? It was Mankato versus Duluth. I think it just makes mo- the most sense trying to put my shoe, trying to put myself in the committee's shoes. You have an opportunity to have three Minnesota teams play in Fargo, and then Canisius. But who cares? It's I mean, it's, you just put any Atlantic team in there, they're not gonna they're not gonna factor into any sort of attendance or any of that. So. You have the opportunity to put three Minnesota teams in Fargo versus having one Minnesota team in Fargo and then having three Eastern-ish teams. I realize Ohio State is in the Big Ten, which is quote-unquote a Western league. But I, I just think I think St. Cloud, Mankato, and Fargo makes the most sense. And I like Harvard and Ohio State more so in Bridgeport than I do in Fargo. Um, that doesn't deviate too much from bracket integrity. Quinnipiac has the two-seed Again, everything else being equal and being no interconference matchups, they would naturally draw the 7-10 matchup. Well, Harvard OSU is a 7-9 matchup, so pretty pretty close. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lock those two three matchups into place, which completes the Fargo and the Bridgeport regionals. So Fargo, I got Minnesota versus Canisius, and then St. Cloud versus Mankato in the other game. In Bridgeport, I have Quinnipiac versus Merrimack, and then Harvard versus Ohio State. So my last decision to make comes down to the 1-4 matchups in Manchester and Allentown. And it's interesting, Michigan's win over Minnesota uh, and then coupled with Denver's loss to CC in the first round, or or in the semifinal, I should say, uh, the first game of the uh, Frozen Faceoff, actually pushes Michigan to three, whereas Denver had been number three for a long time. And And it looked like a pretty good bet. As it turned out, they would have had to lost to CC and Minnesota would have had to lose to Michigan in order for Michigan to, to jump uh, Denver. And that's exactly what happened. The, the I would have, it, it is unfortunate because I, I would have liked Minnesota to have won that game because I think then it would have been a no brainer for the committee. If Denver was three and Michigan four, or, yeah, if, if that, okay, so if, if Michigan would have lost the game, BU would have actually been the fourth seed. They would have gotten into the number one overall seed. Michigan would have been fifth overall, so they would have actually dropped to the two seed. Denver would have stayed steady at three. And that's, again, if Michigan would have lost that title game versus Minnesota, which would have set up BU versus Cornell, which is a strong rivalry. Um, they, they, they go back, they've played a bunch of these, uh, Madison square garden games in the past. We're talking to a BU fan when they were in Arizona state and he was talking about their rivals and Cornell was, I think second to, to BC in his book. Uh, so 
nice natural rivalry there. And then you would have also had Michigan versus Western Michigan in the other, in the 5-12 matchup, um, which knowing what we knew about them, them last year and Pearson and ducking out of the game, that would have been two great matchups in the first round. And that would have been, I think, a no-brainer. And so it's kind of, it's too bad that it had to, it had to, that Michigan had to win that game. Because I think it, it makes the first round matchups a little less compelling. But, so with Denver at four, uh, it would be natural for them to line up with the best four seed. Denver being the worst number one seed. So Denver and Cornell, and then that would leave Michigan and Colgate. So I'm going to put Cornell in that BU regional. Like I mentioned, they have a decent rivalry uh, historically. Cornell also has a good traveling fan base. So if we're interested, if we're worried about attendance in Manchester, having two localish teams that can drive and whose fans can drive there, BU and Cornell being in the same bracket, I think makes sense. Whereas in Allentown, we have a guaranteed draw with Penn State being the host school. If we put Michigan there, Michigan has, you know, a big, giant, nationally recognized name brand school. They can probably tr- travel there. Also, don't, don't uh, sneeze at Michigan Tech's traveling fan base. They turned out when I went to this Arizona State tournament in January, there's definitely more Michigan Tech fans there than BU fans. Uh, and, and and they can show up too. So, so yeah, you could have Cornell play in Allentown as well. You could have Denver and Cornell play in Allentown with Penn State, Michigan Tech as the two-three matchup. Uh, but then that would put Michigan and Colgate into Manchester again. Michigan can draw fans anywhere you'd think. But I like I just like the idea of Cornell and BU being in the same bracket, um, in the same regional. So I'm going to put Denver and Cornell, which is, again, the 4-13 matchup, respecting bracket integrity, and then having BU and Western Michigan as the 5-12. That, that bracket is complete bracket integrity. And I think the attendance is going to be as good as it can get there with BU and Cornell being there. And then Allentown, you got Michigan versus Colgate and Penn State versus Michigan Tech. Again, I, I think if you're going to make some switches – Switching around the one seeds with those regionals uh, is a possibility, um, and I think the biggest the biggest decision that the committee will make is what to do with the St. Cloud Mankato matchup. The reason that they would not put them in Fargo is because they think that that would be a slap in the face to the Gophers. Um, but again, I just based on the past experience with how they. Uh, with how they draw this up, I feel like that's an opportunity that the committee will not pass up to put three Minnesota teams in, in, uh, in the West regional. So, and even though that, I mean, Fargo attendance probably won't be so much of an issue, at least tickets sold won't be because North Dakota would have sold that regional out months ago. But, uh, I, I think from their philosophy, um, you try to think of, West Regional, you want to have as much West Western representation in that. Um, and similar like with that East Regional in Bridgeport, you got three out of four teams from the East in that regional. Um, 
looking at the Allentown Regional, which quote-unquote is the Midwest Regional, scoff at that as much as you can, but there's three Western teams and one Eastern team in there. So based on the, the field of 16, I think this makes the most sense. Um, like I said, it would have been a lot more interesting had something like if North Dakota would have won the NCHC frozen faceoff. It would have been interesting if CC would have won that title game. Um, definitely some things would have was shaken out differently. But um, this is how I'm going with it. So to keep it quick, just going to recap what we got. We're sure to uh, discuss what the actual field is. That will be announced tomorrow, Sunday night, after the women's national title game, I believe. Um, so see how wrong I am then. But I wanted to get that out there before then. To recap, in Fargo, we've got Minnesota versus Canisius. St. Cloud State versus Minnesota State. In Bridgeport, we've got Quinnipiac versus Miramac. And then Harvard versus Ohio State. In Manchester, I've got Denver versus Cornell. And then Boston University against Western Michigan. In Allentown, I have Michigan versus Colgate. Penn State versus Michigan Tech. That's how I'm drawing it up this year. I uh, hope you enjoyed this brief podcast, uh, especially being on the, on the tail wind of the Huskies winning their second Frozen Faceoff title. Uh, always, always nice when that happens. I did want to mention, too, we have some of our friends at KVSC, Brian and Alex, do a good job announcing the games for KVSC, announcing the Huskies games, uh, they are doing a fundraiser to get them to the NCAA regionals for them to broadcast the games. Um, this is a great opportunity for them. And so I want to help them out. So if I can figure out how to do show notes, I'll put a link in the show notes to their GoFundMe page. If I can't figure that out, just like Google, GoFundMe, it's titled Help KVSC Get to the NCAA Regionals. You should be able to find it that way. But chip in there to help the uh, help a couple of student announcers um, announce this Huskies team to a, let's hope, a regional title. So do check that out. We will be... Uh, in studio for our, our regularly scheduled podcast on Monday night, which probably will be mean a, a Tuesday release. So look forward to that. Until next time, again, it's just Andrew this time, but I will be um, very excited to talk more about this Huskies team uh, and their 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 title at the X here uh, in the next podcast. And on behalf of Weldy, the other half of this show, who again. The last time I checked was doing uh, vodka shots, vodka pulls out of a beer bong. So pray for Weldy that he gets home safe. But also, go Huskies woo, and we'll see you next week. Cue the outro music.